eyes are in my head, but I can't enunciate them clearly. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. I'm Jesse Weber, and I'm joined by... Colin Ashley. Emilio Diaz. All right. So, uh, our main topic today is going to be we're going to preview 2020 as a whole. Uh, We probably should have done this last week, but for some reason, I was firmly under the impression that Sundance started the previous weekend. So... Uh, I still think this is going to be a lot of fun. We'll have a few movies that we don't really have to talk about because we went over them in Sundance. Uh, But yeah, before that, I've got a couple of quick updates on Sundance. Uh, First of all, Kajillionaire, the Miranda July movie, when we recorded, was a Annapurna movie, or being uh, released by Annapurna. But... The Hollywood Reporter has now reported that it will no longer be an Annapurna movie because Annapurna has gotten out of the distribution game, as we might have predicted just a little bit earlier. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to a real one. Megan Allison accidentally bringing socialism to the movie industry by paying for a bunch of movies that absolutely did not make any money. Yep. Shout out to the gods for spending $40 million on the Sisters Brothers or whatever. (laughs) The game is Foxcatcher. It's the only thing that ever came close to making money or was, uh, um, sorry to bother you, right? That sounds right. I think it was 30. I mean, did did Vice make money? Well, no, so they're still going to print. Ah, okay. They're still going to produce movies, so like uh, like Zero Dark Thirty and Foxcatcher, that sort of stuff, hopefully they will still be able to do uh, with other people distributing, as was the case before. And then also, uh, when we recorded last week, I mentioned the at that time, untitled Kirby Dick and Amy Ziering documentary about uh, sexual assault in the recording industry, uh, focusing on Drew Dixon, uh, a record producer who had experienced that. Uh, that's now titled On the Record, and uh, Oprah has dropped out as executive producer after being pressured by Russell Simmons, whom the accusations were apparently about. So that sounds unfortunate. because uh, Because Oprah dropped out, it's also being dropped by Apple TV, so it's going to be looking for a distributor now. That's a, uh, that's not good. Yep, sounds pretty shady. Bad look for Oprah. Maybe this, yes. maybe this isn't something that I, I would want on the record, but uh, Russell Simmons seems like not a good guy. Seems uh, no good, very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently Oprah shared a cut of the film with Ava DuVernay, and they claim that they both had problems with it, so. Oh, well. Alright, so why don't we just get into the uh, 
the 2020 movies we've both got we've all got lists of uh films that we want to talk about so why don't we just go in alphabetical order we'll each just pick a film and then we'll just go round robin like that sounds, sounds good. good that was that put me on the starting block that does put you on the starting block definitely a metaphor that i am comfortable with um so yeah i'll start with um something that just had a bunch of news come out about it uh yesterday uh i think as, as we record because a bunch of new cast members joined it uh, happiest season um which uh clea duvall is making uh most famous to me for being uh on veep uh, in a role that started as sort of just, like, one joke, but then, uh, really grew into, like, a fun part of the ensemble. Um, sh- this is a movie that, uh, stars, um, uh, internet fave, uh, Kristen Stewart and, uh, Andy fave Mackenzie Davis, uh, as girlfriends who are, um, going to, uh, uh, wa- uh Kristen Stewart, I believe, wants to propose to Mackenzie Davis, uh, at her family's annual holiday party, and then um, discovers that uh, Mackenzie Davis has not come out to her parents. Uh, and we just found out the parents are going to be played by uh, Mary Steenburgen and Victor Garber. Um, uh, and we also have Anna Gasteyer, um, uh, Allison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy from uh, Schitt's Creek uh, joining the cast uh, uh, as of yesterday. Um, uh, I think it's got a lot of promise. I really love that cast. It sounds like it could be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very excited for that movie. Yeah, I agree. That's a really excellent cast. Yeah, I mean, Victor Garber... Sundance, right? Uh, I don't think so? No, it's 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 releasing in November, no. I mean, they just got cast members. It's not coming out at Sundance. Yeah. I... Who knows? (laughs) I enjoy Mary Steenburgen and Victor Garber as, like, classic Hollywood squares. That is good casting. (laughs) You get to see them blow a fuse or come to some sort of I don't know acceptance I don't know I don't really know I don't I guess I haven't seen a, a lot of her films so I don't know if, if it's gonna be like real broad or if it's gonna be smaller and more personal but it, it has a good cast I would imagine the former I mean uh, Clea Duvall's previous movie was uh, called The Intervention and I think it was about like a group of friends who uh, kind of saw one of their uh, two of their friends who are a couple's relationship is not going well and we're kind of trying to intervene in that if I recall correctly and had like a cast of like kind of comedy and indie people I remember Ben Schwartz was in it Melanie Linsky and Kobe Smulders so I would imagine kind of more a little little leaning towards kind of smaller but it was co-written by mary holland of the wild horses who is one of the funniest people alive so i am excited on that basis as well so we go to colin now okay yep so i'll start off my list with what i'm sure you know barring a few potential releases what will be my favorite movie of the year is going to be <laughs> Mia Hansen Love's Bergman Island. Um, Calling your shot Mia Hansen Love. Bold. I mean, she's made, I think, five movies. Uh, Father of My Children, Goodbye First Love, Eden, 
things to come and Maya. Uh, and like Maya is probably my least favorite of those movies, but it's still great. All her movies are <laughs> incredible. Eden uh, in my top five of the decade. I think Things to Come and Goodbye First Love also made their way into my 50 of the decade for last decade. Um, she's just the best director. <laughs> um, and this one is like sure to be great. We got uh, Vicky Creeps in it from Phantom Thread, her first movie since Phantom Thread, I think other than the Girl with the D Dragon Tattoo sequel. Uh, Mia yes. Wasikowska, always great. Um, Tim Roth, who has got a real energy that I think would be very cool for this movie. He was in, um, I think the last thing I saw him in was Hateful Eight, and he's very good in that. He was, you know, famously cut out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's um, just in another Loose this year. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, Loose, that's right, yes. I did not see that one, though. Um, other cast in it, uh, Anders Danielson Lee, who was in uh, 22 July back in uh, 2018, and in... Um, uh, is it uh, Joachim Trier, uh, the director Joaquin of Joaquin Trier, Trier um, directed uh, Oslo, August 31st, I think. Um, but he's great in that. He's great in 22 July, which is pretty bad otherwise. But I think he's <laughs> like very good. He was the villain for those of you who saw it, or like the mass murderer, um, not the villain. <laughs> wow, you don't think mass murderers are villains? Fairly villainous. Well, I would say it's villainous, but it, he's not like Scar from Lion King. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they should have given him a number. <laughs> yeah. He would have killed it. Well, hey. Um, but the movie itself is about two couples. Uh, I think uh, one of them is a couple of filmmakers that I believe is uh, Mia Vasakoska and Anders Danielson Lee are the couple who are filmmakers go to this island, uh, Faro Island, uh, which is where Ingmar Bergman spent a lot of time, and I believe it was his final resting place. Um, but they go there as like a writing retreat, and uh, Mia Hansen Love famously was partners with Olivier Asayas for a while. I believe they have a kid together, so you one would assume it's fairly autobiographical. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could not be more excited for this movie. <laughs> There's, um, like, all of our movies are pretty big mm -hmm. festival players. Yeah. Smart money. Yeah, and this is, this is, it sounds like, done, so probably you'll, or close to done, so probably you'll show up at Berlin or can I'll say I I like the one Mia Hansen love movie I've seen which is things to come quite a bit I'm a little bit worried about this just based on Maya being not so well received and I feel like particularly the problem I heard about with that was that the dialogue in English was not very good and so this being a fully in English movie is a little bit troubling, but perhaps she learned from that. Is she is she the only screenplay, or did we mention this? That's a good question. Uh, I believe so. I can double check. Yeah, but I mean, it it does sound really interesting, and that cast is really cool. Uh, the shooting schedule was really weird because in that Tim Roth role, originally Owen Wilson was cast. 
and then John Turturro was cast after he dropped out, and then Turturro also dropped out, and so they shot part of it, and then paused production. I think they shot part of it last spring, and then paused production to find a to find Tim Roth uh, to play that role, and then this fall completed production. So it sounds like there's some kind of, like, isn't there some kind of film within a film structure and, like, Roth is only in part of it? Roth is either only in the film or only in the real part, and so they were able to... Yeah, I believe there's, like, an aspect of um, something happening on the island that they don't know what is real and what's not, like, in their film world. Uh, Also, casting-wise, Vicky Creeps, I believe, replaced Greta Gerwig. Who just right. had two full of schedule? Wow. Do not think of those believe, two for the same po- roles. Generally. I believe she. I believe she specifically dropped out for Little Women. Yeah. So hey, but yeah, I mean, uh, it just Maya even being sort of like a lukewarm movie. I still have uh, a lot of faith in her, just because all of her other movies are so great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, could not be more excited for that one. Mm-hmm. Cool. Emilio? Okay, so... I'm going with stuff I'm generally more intrigued by than, like, predicting to be my favorite, though there are some of those here. So I'm going to start with King Richard, which is a movie directed by Reynaldo Marcus Green, who recently directed Of Monsters and Men, a movie I have not watched but have heard mixed things about. But... It's mostly notable because it's starring Will Smith. It is the story of Richard Williams, who is the father of Serena and Venus Williams. And it seems to be a story about him basically training his daughters to be the tennis professionals that they are now. Some of the greatest tennis players of all time. He was known to be a notoriously tough father. Very strict, very pushing people to their limits. So it would be interesting to see... Will Smith take a role like that? It's very. It screams like he's trying to get an Oscar, and it seems like, of all the stuff he's tried to in the past to get an Oscar for, this might be, I don't know, the most interested I've been by some of it because it's like, very sports focused. There could there is an autobiographical element you could read to it by somebody who trying somebody trying to push his sons and daughters into a creative field. And I don't know. I just think it's exciting. I would like Will Smith to have an Oscar. He is a very sure. cool dude, and I like him. Any thoughts by you? Well, he's already starting off a pretty strong year, it seems like. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, uh, making a lot of money, uh, and uh, uh, being, I guess, fairly well-received for what it is, right? Um, and then, so. um, you know, last year he had Aladdin, uh, and then also Gemini Man. Uh, which sort of was a split split receptions on on both sides. I'd say you know one made a lot of money and wasn't as that well received. I guess and then the other one, well, Gemini Man, was not particularly well received uh, outside of cer- certain circles. Um, yes, we all like Gemini. Yes, but Gemini Man, Man I think is good and he's very excellent in it. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think yeah he could he could he's he's definitely got the 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 sort of the seeds planted for it. Is this going to be like a festival movie or is it going to 
Do we know? It, ha- it has a release date of November 25th. So, okay. I don't know. It might be a TIFF movie, I would assume. It sounds yeah, very toronto to TIFF, me. I believe, right? Monsters and Men was Sundance and then maybe also played TIFF? Yeah, it, yeah I believe that was that movie's trajectory. John Bernenthal was recently announced for this movie to play ja, uh, Serena Williams' ex-coach. I don't know. I just... Yeah. I like. Yeah, it. I had not heard of this until now. Sounds very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the other thing is, like, is there really a definitive tennis movie? Um, Battle of the Sexes. Borg McEnroe. Borg McEnroe. None of those really, like, made a huge impact. I like Battle of the Sexes pretty well, but uh, it definitely oh, yeah. uh, did not... Um, did not become an enduring classic. No, it didn't. There's the, uh, the there's whale. the, the what? Squid and the Whale as a definitive tennis movie. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Uh, there's also the, uh, Seven Days in Hell, the, uh, yes, Andy Samberg, sure. Kit Harrington film. I mean, that might be a it. masterpiece, of course, but, uh. <laughs> uh, future Oscar winner Todd Phillips's uh, film School for Scoundrels has a pretty pivotal tennis scene. <laughs> I mean, mm. an important part of film, but yeah, it's true that maybe this will be seen as a definitive tennis film, though it's about a father training his young daughter, so I don't know how much it's going to be, like, very, I don't know how much tennis there is going to be, like, playing games, but I don't know, there might be some. Yeah, I mean, you, Will Smith, I think, could kill a scene where he, like, has to explain how tennis scoring works to kids who don't understand it. <laughs> I think that would be excellent to see. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. if you know anything about just generally the Williams' life story, it's very basic, just like middle to low income family in Compton, California, and just like extremely talented and were able to make it all the way yeah. to the top. So there is, you know, there's a story to be told there, and I would be excited to see Will Smith trying to dig into a role that kind of meaty and like more aggressive than he usually is. So sounds good. Has he had like a big sort of sports biopic since Ali. I don't uh, know. Concussion? concussion question mark? Like, yeah. That's not yeah. yeah. That's concussion more sort of a dealing with the sport. Because yeah. Yeah. Kinda crazy that there hasn't been a Williams Sisters movie yet. That's true. Yeah. Are they that, are they like on board at all? They can't be, right? I don't know. I, I think they probably like Will Smith enough to be slightly on board, I guess, but I don't really know. It's... I imagine it's a complicated story for them to dig into, but... Yeah. I don't... I don't know... I don't exactly know what their feelings are on the whole thing. So. Jesse? All right. Uh, I would like to talk about Annette, the new film from French director Leos Carax. Uh, his previous film, Holy Motors, was his first film in 15 or 20 years. That's a movie starring Denis Levant, who's his regular collaborator, as a sort of actor who is acting out scenarios in real life. Uh, that is just an absolutely stunning movie uh it's wonderful uh so 
this new movie, uh, Annette, he's been, basically since that movie came out in 2012, he's been kind of wanting to make this. It's a musical with music written by Sparks, the band, who I don't know super well, though, uh, I listened to a little bit of their album they did with Franz Ferdinand, and I like that. Um, and so this stars Adam Driver as a stand-up comedian who is raising his daughter after his opera-singing wife passes away, uh, who I believe will be played either i i believe this is the 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 wife is the character who will be played either in flashbacks or maybe even as a ghost by marion cotillard uh that's a role that changed another role that changed around a couple times this time as it was just taking years to be made uh initially it was going to be rooney mara and then <laughs> Michelle Williams stepped in, and then uh, he pivoted last spring to Marion Cotillard, who was available. Uh, and I'll say she's maybe not my favorite actress of those three, but she has won an Oscar and has been quite good in movies. She's probably the one I most buy as an opera singer, too, probably. That's fair. Yeah, yeah didn't she win an Oscar for playing a singer yes a singer so, yes although she didn't sing in that movie but she did sing in nine which ooh. we all remember and, and cherish yeah that's what she won the oscar for <laughs> <laughs> been waiting for nine and a half yeah it seems exciting i when this was like a couple of months ago i decided to dig into sparks a bit just to see what it would like and it seems that over the arc of their career they like dabbled in a ton of like different sounds they're kind of it's like a nerd funk kind of queen is how i would describe them it's weird it's like hmm. very 80s very right. like dancey rhythms Fransford yeah. and them doing that collab album is like makes sense for what they are kind of kind mm -hmm. of a I little more arty than Fransford and right i don't think it's this year by any means um but i know edgar wright is yes. working on a sparks documentary that is correct i mean that that could be this year i uh, i was kind of under the impression that he was going to try and finish that before last night in soho which we might talk about a little later yeah um the i think in the in the adam driver big profile i think that came out recently there was like the the reporter had some access to like when he was filming some scenes on that and i think it was they were filming scenes on a boat or something so that yeah. seems cool they were also doing a little bit of that thing that i kind of really hate where they're always where they're like yeah it's a musical but it's not like a musical musical like the music's actually <laughs> cool and good or whatever and that always puts me on edge um sure. and i do tend to have reservations when like yeah when it's just like people who don't really have experience writing songs that have to serve a story writing uh musical numbers for like narrative things but uh, I, I adam driver absolutely i would see almost anything that he would do so i'm mm -hmm. i'm very excited uh for that also also marion cotillard great at playing a ghost wife love inception <laughs> we might talk things surrounding that a bit later she's uh she's a ghost wife in uh arnaud deplachin's uh ismail's ghost as well is she the titular ghost she is 
so she is not not really a ghost she just kind of appears and it's unclear uh if she was ever dead at all very very deplacheny I will also echo excitement for Annette. That was going to be on my, li- my list. I knew you would cover it. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. very cool and good. Yep. And so we're back to Andy? Or are we going to yep. circle back? Yeah, let's... Uh, let me pick a, another thing off this list here. Um, Alright. Well, look, keeping... You know, I've, I've got a few musicals on my list. Maybe I'll pick something, one of those. Um, I guess, yeah, the most anticipated... My, probably my number one most anticipated movie of the year... Uh, is uh, Steven Spielberg's new adaptation of West Side Story um, coming out uh, just in time for Christmas of 2020. Uh, It's uh, got um, a new screenplay by Tony Kushner. Uh, He's hired um, uh, all sorts of uh, collaborators who are, like, very exciting. Um, He's got, I believe, um, uh, uh, he's not necessarily using all the um, uh, original Jerome Robbins choreography, uh, but is instead uh, having some new uh, choreography um, uh, brought in. Uh, it's, he's got uh, Ansel Elgort as uh, as Tony, which, you know, he's okay casting for Tony. Tony's kind of a dope who you don't really have to, like, necessarily think is, like, super on the ball. So I think Ansel Elgort's probably good for that. Um, Rachel Ziegler, I believe, is, is, is our Maria, who is uh, an unknown, recently, like, graduated from high school. Uh, and has been very fun and charming on social media lately. Um, and it's Steven Spielberg uh, doing, like, a big classic musical. Uh, I uh, I love West Side Story. I did it in high school. I played Doc, the non-singing, non-dancing role, uh, which is now going to be um, a, a, a very changed role um, uh, and um, played uh, by, um, uh, you know, the original Anita, Rita Moreno. Uh, Rita Moreno. I'm sorry. I love Rita Moreno. She's so great in so many things. Um, uh, you got Brian Darcy James in there as Officer Krupke. Corey Stoll as Lieutenant Shrank. Um, Ariana DeBose uh, as Anita, who is like a really exciting Broadway talent. Um, I think it's just going to be a really exciting uh, a time at the movies, and I um, I really uh, am excited for that to be a thing that we all get to see and talk about and think about uh, in 2020. If it's half as good as the big musical adaptation from last year, then uh, I'm sure it'll be great. Of course, I'm talking about Andrew Lloyd Webber's Tom Hooper's Cats. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you forgot T.S. Eliot in there. But yeah, I'm, I'm also excited for it. Steven Spielberg makes good movies. I don't know if that's a controversial opinion nowadays. I like it when he makes the movies. I like it when the kids dance and the kids sing. Uh, there's, I, there's like some things I'm concerned about. Sure. Some of them relating to the original West Side Story movie being perfect, a five out of five. And it's interesting. <laughs> oh, you it like would that be, one. Yeah, I mean, some people like it. I don't know. Maybe that's another hot take I'm dropping out, that the original West Side Story movie is good. And the dancing is good. And I like how it looks. But... I don't know. The fact it's one of those things where I would be a lot more skeptical if it wasn't Spielberg, but he seems to be on a decent run of movies and he if he's excited to make it then I'm excited to watch it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll be kind of the voice of dissent here. I mean, I'm fairly 
hot and cold on Spielberg over the last, like, 15 years. Um, I, I think Ansel Elgort in anything is pretty disastrous casting, uh, including in his previous music-driven movie, driven not being an intentional pun, uh, Baby Driver, uh, but on the other hand, I think of the Spielberg movies, uh, I think the one I'm hottest on is the other one written by Tony Kushner, Lincoln. So that is exciting. That kind of, that'll probably get me in the seat. I think uh, the joke I heard about Ansel and the Goldfinch specifically is that he's like perfect for that movie because he's also dumb, uh, boring, but nice to look at. <laughs> <laughs> he seems perfectly pleasant. Uh, not the most dynamic screen personality as far as I've seen so far. Uh, but again, I think that, you know, you can sort of make that work for Tony. Yeah. Remember, we'll all remember him embarrassingly singing at the Golden Globes or whatever award show that was. <laughs> I'm not familiar. Nope. I forget. Was it SAG maybe where he, he like came up to introduce an award and he was like, and the nominees for best original song. And it was. <laughs> and yeah, I think I think that was the Globes. Yes, he was. He, he contemporaneously yeah, broke into song. Yeah. yeah. What a dork. <laughs> but hey, if there's a movie for dorks, it's West Side Story. It's Cullen's turns, right? Uh, yep. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone else had this one on their list. Uh, I'm going with The Devil All the Time, the Antonio Campos movie. Um, Antonio Campos made um he's sort of like in that crew with like josh mond and sean durkin um brady corbett i guess also uh he made uh after school which was like a big indie hit back in like the late 2000s i believe uh ezra miller was in that jeremy allen white i think like a lot of their first sort of breakout movies uh he also did simon killer with brady corbett which is very good um and he did recently Christine with Rebecca Hall and Tracy Letts, uh, Michael C. Hall, and that movie is very good about uh, Christine Chubbick, I believe. Yes. Or, okay, uh, yeah, the newswoman who committed suicide live on air, and Rebecca Hall is, like, very great in that. Mm -hmm. uh, Tracy Letts also always good. Sure. Um, and he did um, the TNT series The Sinner with Jessica Alba. Oh. That was Antonio Campos as well. Did he do just the first season, or was he involved in yeah, the he second did, he as did well? He did the first season. Okay. I think he may have been in involved as like an executive producer, uh -huh. I would guess, but I could be wrong. Um, but this one is an adaptation of the 2011 novel of the same name by Donald Ra uh, Ray Pollock. Um, and it's got like a crazy stat cast. I'm just going to say a bunch of names real quick. Uh, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, Rob Pattinson... Robert Pattinson. I don't know why I shortened it. Um, well, Bill Skarsgård. Buddy, right? So yeah. Uh, Mia Vasakaska again. Uh, Eliza Scanlon, Jason Clark, Riley Coe, Haley Bennett, and ha uh, Harry Melling Whoa. from uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs and Lost City of Z. And um, Harry Potter. Sure, uh, but I mean it's a crazy cast. The book, I guess, is this 
huge sort of um, sprawling, intertwined narratives uh, taking place between the end of World War II and like the start of Vietnam. Um, uh, we got um, so Bill Skarsgård and Haley Bennett are one of the stories where they are a couple and their child ends up being Tom Holland at a later point. Um, Bill Skarsgård being like a returning vet from World War II who's struggling to sort of get back into life as his wife, I believe, has terminal cancer. Um, Riley Coe and Jason Clark are serial killers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Robert Pattinson is like a snake-handling preacher. And it's just like oh hell yeah sort of yeah western sort of uh, I think like McCarthy was an influence on the original novel, um, mm. but uh, big notable um, casting replacement was uh, Sebastian Stan replaced Chris Evans in his role, so oh. that was fun. Yeah, yeah that's a uh, that's a real downgrade. Um, but this one is a Netflix movie. Um, it should be this year. I know it was announced back in 2018, and I think if you were to check like their Wikipedia, it would still say TBD. But I, I think the smart money is that it's going to be a this year film. Yeah, that sounds like something that could uh, maybe even pop up at Cannes. But I mean, yeah, Simon Killer. Yeah, it uh, is. It is according to IMDb in post production. Yeah, but yeah, Antonio Campos is like a really exciting director. I, like all of his movies that I've seen, I've been very into. Um, Eliza Scanlon, particularly, is casting. You know, she's amazing in Little Women, so that'll be cool to see. I'm a huge Rayleigh Co fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I was already interested in this based on the cast, but you have certainly sold me further. Uh, I haven't seen an Antonio Campos movie. I do love Sean Durkin, his uh, kind of co-conspirator who uh, we talked about last week has The Nest, which, had we not talked about last week, would certainly be one of the movies I would be bringing up. Did you, uh, did you haven't, did you, have you seen any of Terry Coon's season of The Sinner? I've not. No, I've not seen The Sinner. Because he, yeah, he, he was like, he's like the, the, like the, the lead director on The Sinner. Okay, yeah. so he was still involved in season two. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds uh, really cool. Shot by Lol Crowley, who shot both of Brady Corbett's movies, mm. and even if you don't like them, yeah, I those think movies. It's inarguable that they look. Those different. movies look quite nice. They're uh, the the most recent one is a pile of dog doo doo, but it looks <laughs> nice. Well, hey, <laughs> some might disagree. Vox Lux, innocent. I think now is the time. We should litigate Vox Lux right now. Mm. This is the time. I'm not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> a dumb movie for babies. It's not. Okay, what's, what's next? What do you got? A video? Right. Okay. So I'm going to, in a similar. Corbett forever. <laughs> in a similarly, like, exciting sounding logline movie. This is a movie that I am genuinely extremely excited for. And this is Prisoners of Ghostland, mm. which is a movie directed by Sion Sano, who is the director who's made a lot of films, one of those guys who makes, like, a movie a year that you don't even hear of, but when he makes something good, it's great. He made one of my favorite movies called Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is, like, a very, like, Tarantino-esque story of these kids trying to make a movie 
and they get real Yakuza involved and it like bends reality and I adore it. Another one of his like more known films a movie called Tokyo Tribe, which is like a hip hop musical in Tokyo about gangs featuring cannibals. So he makes a lot of like very crazy genre stuff like that in Japan. And now he's hooking up with Nick Cage to make a movie called Prisoners of Ghostlands, where Cage plays a guy named Hero, who is a notorious criminal who is sent to rescue an, abduct- an abducted girl, who is played by Imogen Poots, who was announced recently as, as part of the cast, and who has disappeared into a dark universe, and they must break an evil curse. So it's like, again, very genre-bending, very cool, very a lot of like weird stuff. Cage has recently... Stop doing bad DTV movies and it's like began lending his like insane energy into more interesting like movies made by smaller genre directors and I'm a big fan of this phase for him. It has a decent cast. It has like Sofia Boutella in it too. Mm. Uh, the affirmation I- image in Poots. Nick Cassavetes is in it apparently. It's like <laughs> it's an interesting cast but it's like just Sion Sano making something with Nick Cage, you can sell me on that. And, like, just from that logline. But and Nick Cage has recently described it in an interview as the wildest movie he's ever made. So it's like, if that oh, doesn't get you yeah. excited, I don't know what to tell yeah. you. Man, I mean, all I can think is just this would kill at Midnight Madness at TIFF. Yeah, I mean, Why Don't You Play in Hell won the TIFF People's Choice Awards out of Midnight Madness. So that is the, like, legacy of Sion Sano's movies. He's, like, a very cool guy, a very cool Mm -hmm. filmmaker. A quote Nicolas Cage gave about making the movie is, like, I'm thrilled about it. It's unlike anything I've ever read before. It might be the wildest movie I've ever made. And that's saying something. I wear a skin-tight black leather jumpsuit with grenades attached to different body parts. And if I don't reg- rescue the governor's daughter from the state line where they're all ghosts and bring her back, they're going to blow me up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I need to watch this movie right now. I don't know, man. I, I would yeah. be pumped to watch it at Midnight Madness. Yeah. Worth staying up till 3 in the morning for. Yep. Also, Imogen Poots, nice to see, like, an Imogen Poots movie. She is attached to cool stuff. Yeah. Have not seen Black Christmas yet, but I know that Colin is a fan. Yeah, she's good in it. She's, like, gives a very great performance <laughs> in, like, a perfectly serviceable movie. Mm-hmm. Also really w- well-directed, though. Maybe it's underrated. Just like Vox Lock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving on from that nonsense, Jesse, what do you got? I've got, I'm thinking of Ending Things, the Charlie Kaufman movie. Uh, I can't say a whole lot about this because it's a Charlie, I know it's based on a book, but I'm kind of choosing to uh, go in a little blind. Uh, I don't really know what it's about other than that I believe it is a new couple played by Jesse Buckley and Jesse Plemons. So we've got a couple of Jessies, which is already going to get me on board. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, Tony Collette and David Thewlis are also in it. But, I mean, Charlie Kaufman is the draw here. Uh, his last literary adaptation, of course, is Adaptation, which is uh, quite good. Uh, so even, y- you know, even... Even reading the book, 
no one would necessarily know what to expect, though I've heard this is maybe a, a slightly more obvious, weird Kaufman thing for him to make. Uh, but yeah, great cast. Jesse Buckley replaced uh, Brie Larson, who also would have been fun, but everyone loves Jesse Buckley, who I haven't seen in anything yet, I don't think. But, you know, she was in Wild Rose last year. Uh, she's going to be excellent in the Fargo. She was excellent in Wild Rose. I believe she mm-hmm. is in yes. recent critically acclaimed. I believe it's, like, on its way to win the Golden Bear film uh, Doolittle. So, <laughs> I don't know. She, she's a star on the rise. Yep. Yeah, this, yeah I mean... And this is—is is this Char- uh, Charlie Kaufman's doing this for Netflix? Yes, this is Netflix. Uh, I—it I, was something that was rumored to maybe even be at Sundance. So I would imagine it might be in competition at Berlin, and then like come out this spring is what I've heard. But I don't know. Possible that if it gets into Cannes, they'd save it for that. Um, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's always. He's this. This is so. This would be his third directing credit, right? That's correct. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's been interesting seeing him sort of move up in that sort of way. Um, uh, I don't know if I quite respond to either of his directorial efforts as much as some of his earlier stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, he's definitely someone who I'm always like, well, let's see, let's see, let's see what he's got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's baseline incredibly intriguing, and I think he's made... I have not seen Anomalisa, but I do think Synecdoche, New York, is a movie that the more I sit with his time, I think it's kind of a masterpiece. So I I am excited to see his take on it. I've heard the novel is, like, pretty short, pretty purposive, so it's interesting to see Mm -hmm. what his take on something like that would be, though he might have changed it a lot. I don't know. He's very much... He seems very much writer-forward, so he might have, like certainly put a lot of spin into what the novel is so I, you said they heard the novel is very yeah. psychological based so there might not be it's not might not be the thing that is most outside of his wheelhouse he might yeah. be comfortable adapting that sort of thing I like David Sulis like to see him in a movie yeah alright should I go now yeah mm-hmm. alright um, next thing I'll pick I think uh my last pick was a, a holiday release. I'll pick another one that's currently scheduled to be a holiday release. Um, News of the World uh, the, uh, is a new movie that's going to ha- have Tom Hanks, uh, one of my favorites. Always like to see Hanks. Um, I think he, You like Hanks? I love, love Hanks. Um, that's like uh, a opinion, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Um, uh, he's, I, you know, he's been given so many great performances recently. Here he is reuniting with uh, who the director who has maybe gotten his best performance, uh, Paul Greengrass. Uh, their their previous collaboration, Captain Phillips, absolutely one of my favorite movies of you know that time. It's a tough movie to like watch and love, but I really do like value that movie for uh, what it what they're able to bring to it. Um, uh, I think um, you know. Uh, this is a movie that is uh, a little bit of a s- sort of a departure for what Greengrass's modus operandi has been recently. Uh, he, it's it's set in the aftermath of the American Civil War, and Hanks plays a traveling newsreader 
uh, who is bringing an orphan girl to her living relatives. Um, and so he, it's, it seems like it's going to be sort of a road movie with Hanks and a, and a, and a young woman. Um, I don't know that much else about it other than, you know, they're, they, they, it looks like they were filming in, in New Mexico. Uh, it's based on a novel. Um, it was uh, set up at Fox 2000, which doesn't exist anymore, mm-hmm. and so now it's a universal release, uh, and it is set for Christmas Day 2020. Um, so, you know, that's always, you know, some sort of sign of confidence in that we, uh, we think this is going to be something that's in, in the conversation. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it could be, I think it could be something exciting. Yeah, Greengrass seems like an interesting guy. That, I think the period is, I don't know, Civil War movies are not my jam generally, I think. So I would be interesting, but it's interesting to see someone with, that modern of style of like the whole yeah. right shaky right. cam thing shaky work cam work in something that period based so yeah i don't know that sounds kind of bad to me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i am skeptical of tom hanks awards bait until proven wrong as i was by a beautiful day in the neighborhood this past year which is an absolute delight so I'm not gonna be too mean about this. It's uh, it doesn't sound up my alley. I would defend recent Tom Hanks award bait from like Captain Phillips. Yeah, I Sully, didn't see Ca- I, Bridge of Spies. The, I'm not basing this on having seen these movies. They just uh, <laughs> they don't appeal to me for whatever reason. I didn't see Captain Phillips. I didn't see Sully. I don't like Bridge of Spies, but that's not a discussion that uh, we have time for. <laughs> I think you would like Captain Phillips. I don't know. That Maybe. seems like something that you could it's, be into. It's possible. I don't it know why like I didn't see that. It's weirdly the only Best Picture nominee I didn't see that year. And there's some bad ones in there. Philomena, you saw? Well, yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Well, Dallas Buyers Club is probably pretty bad, even though I yes. I kind of like Jean Marc Vallée despite myself. I think <laughs> he is where he should be, which is directing prestige miniseries on HBO. I like Wild. I like Demolition. <laughs> wow. What? You saw Demolition, <laughs> but you did. didn't see Captain Phillips? Yeah, I saw Demolition for my mother's birthday. <laughs> I thought you were going to say four times in theater. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Jesse walks up to a theater, they're like, yeah, Jesus Christ, it's the Demolition guy again. <laughs> Five years. We aren't showing it. Did Demolition get like released on like home media? Like I, I have never no, heard, like, got a theatrical release. It was in like uh, I mean I don't know. I live next to a, a twenty screen theater, so we get lots of stuff that's uh, barely getting released. But yeah, I like Demolition. It's uh, doing some interesting stuff. What do you got for us, Cullen? Mank, baby. <laughs> Gotta mank it up. All about mank. Mank, 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 mank. Spank for mank, baby. Ooh, no, oh. I don't like that. <laughs> Can we pause for an edit point? <laughs> <laughs>
I think it's going to be the new ice bucket challenge. Spank for me. Come on. <laughs> okay. I guess I'll try and talk about it now. Um, I, I guess it's good that Mank isn't like a pretty, like, serious, dour movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, new David Fincher. What's not to love already? Um, directing a script by his late father that was planned to come out in the '90s, um, post Seven, I believe it was his big. Um, you know, this is what I want to make next, but uh, whatever studio he was with at the time wouldn't let him do it in black and white. Um, so the. You know, smart money now to assume that it would be coming out in black and white. Now that he's doing it with Netflix, who he sort of get ties with from Mindhunter, even though I guess they aren't doing another season of that. Yeah. Um, Not in the immediate uh, future, anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Um, but it's about Herman Mankiewicz writing Citizen Kane, and I'm guessing the shooting of C- Citizen Kane at that time. Gary Oldman, which is the hurdle to get over with this movie, you have Gary Oldman in it. Um, playing Herman Mankiewicz, uh, Amanda Seyfried, and Lily Collins in supporting roles. But the real hot ticket item, Tom Burke as Orson Welles. Yes. That sounds what? awesome. That's what I mean, gets yeah. me right back from Gary Oldman. Yeah. Uh, if it were like I, – I mean, yeah. Tom Burke as Orson Welles, it's going to be great. There's no way that doesn't rule. He's so great in The Souvenir. Um my favorite performance of last year uh maybe like across the board say for like elizabeth moss and her smell but he's just so good in that movie and him playing orson welles is such inspired casting i cannot wait for it um trent Reznor, atticus ross you know david fincher stalwarts they're doing the score they're using all era appropriate music which is a gimmick but it's a gimmick that i'm fully into and yeah, it's a Netflix movie, so it'll probably, you know, be a late release. Yeah. I would guess wintry. Yeah. Um, and that sort of Roma slot uh, back in 2018, and the Marriage Story Irishman slot this uh, last year. Indeed. But yeah, Tom Burke as Orson Welles should be the name of the movie, and everyone would buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that, I mean, that is that's wrong, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that totally everyone wouldn't be against. Would the theme of the movie being Manko not getting credit for making for being a part of Finishing Game. I'd also like to point out that you just uh, brought up a scenario in which everyone buys a ticket to a Netflix movie. Hey. <laughs> this is... Uh, I Every time I open my computer to watch you know, The Irishman in five parts, I say, one ticket please. <laughs> Yeah, your family's really uh, sick of having to try to tear up pieces of paper to humor you. Yeah. Hey. Um, but yeah, let's go back to talking about Andy's hashtag of spank for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the crazy one for saying buy a ticket. Spank so. <laughs> <laughs> for me. Hey, I mean, Netflix enjoys viral content. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. We, uh, Netflix, I am available for hire. If you want me to he- headline the... the the spank for mank social media campaign i can uh i can set some time aside for that i can't wait to get bank mank memes the day it comes out on netflix Mm. just 
populating <laughs> Twitter. Viral hashtag only on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for people to start asking if there's something wrong with their TV because the movie's in black and white. Mm-hmm. Just and I'm sure it'll be that nice, crisp, digital black and white. Yeah. I mean, he's working with Eric Messerschmidt, who is his DP on... Who's the DP of uh, Matt Mindhunters, which is like... That's a show that looks great, I think. Mm-hmm. Fincher's Loki, one of our best compositional directors. The best person, I think, alive at directing conversations. So I'm excited to see what that is. I mean, even old men... Old men, like, ten years ago was, like, an exciting character actor. Just, like, post. Both him, like, kind of being a piece of shit discovered... Allegedly, don't sue me, Gary Oldman, and giving a kind of boring performance in The Darkest Hour, a movie I am low-key a fan of, but we don't need to get into that, and and being in The Laundromat, maybe the worst movie of 2019, maybe giving... Well, he's not the worst performance, because there genu- there's some genuine things to take offense with in The Laundromat, but he's pretty giving a pretty cartoonish, like... Not good performance, but I don't know. Gary Oldman has given a good performance in his life. I could believe he is good in it. I should also say, in the original planned version uh, back in the 90s, the Mankiewicz role was to be played in Fincher's eyes by Kevin Spacey. So, a real lateral move in some regards, <laughs> going from Spacey to Oldman. But well, it's at the very least diagonal. Yeah, sure. Let's really get into this and litigate who's better. <laughs> Better <laughs> or worse? You know, if someone's worse, someone has to be better. That's a, unfortunately a fact of life. I'm excited that Charles dances in it. Yeah, there's some great cast I left out. I mostly just wanted to talk about Tom Burke. Yeah. Um, work it for the Burks. Work yeah. it for the Burks, maybe. Some more good content. Yeah. All right. What What do you got? <laughs> okay. So next. Let's see what I want to talk about. Let's talk about Come On, Come On, which is... Sure. Stolen wow. it right from under my nose. Undercutting that was my next movie. <laughs> well, I guess we can both talk about no, it. Well, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the new Mike Mills movie, director of Beginners and 20th Century Women and Modern Masterpiece. Uh, it is... Starring Joaquin Phoenix, hot off with that hot Joker heat. I don't know and... what you're talking about. He didn't make a movie this year. He uh, he had that big 2018 where he was in like four movies, and he hasn't done anything since then. Well, if you want to He's believe my that, favorite well, this... actor. It's crazy they keep uh, giving him awards for uh, movies that are over a year old. Then. Yeah. I mean, he. Well, they giving just, a lot they of had good to, like, about catch the up. Like, last year, they were like, all right, we're going to do the, uh, the don't worry, he won't get far on foot awards. And this year, they're like, we got to do the Jesus Sister Christ. Brothers awards. No one deserves an award for don't worry, he won't get far on foot. <laughs> <laughs> I like that movie. What do you mean? Jack Black is great in that movie. I mean, yes, but it's like a cameo. He's got two scenes. He's like uh, the heart of the movie. Sure. I liked what Jonah Hill was doing in the trailer. I, oh boy, you're just I, trying to set me off. I Colin. really like Jonah Hill in that movie as well, but I like Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill in everything. Incredibly terrible. In Don't Worry, he won't get far in foot. Anyway, let's talk about Come On, Come On, which will maybe be a good movie, even though it stars Joaquin Phoenix, who I am mixed on. Can't imagine why you'd be mixed on him. 
but yeah, come on, come on. Uh, it is about uh, a man spending time with his nephew whose father has a nervous breakdown, which uh, is something that I'm really interested in. Uh, that, that's got some personal connection for me. I think that that sounds... And yeah, I think this is really exciting to see Joaquin Phoenix... In, even in something like lower key than like uh, the kind of you know don't worry you get he won't get far on foot and uh, sisters brothers are both kind of bigger performances you were never really here is a weird one where that's kind of he's almost like aggressively underacting that one and I guess the danger is that he would do something like that here but I still really like him and I I hope he'll uh, have kind of hit that tone right yeah i think he's very good and uh you were never really here yeah yeah yeah. i wasn't impugning that performance i love that performance well yeah of course sisters brothers i think quietly one of like the more underrated movies of its year and maybe even its decade it's a movie that is very low-key but has stuck with me a lot i think Hall and like Riz Ahmed yeah I think and, uh, everyone is really excellent in that movie there's something about it that doesn't quite work for me but it's not the acting the acting is great yeah I yeah I mean yeah I am excited for come on come on I think yeah Phoenix is like the the hurdle for me for like getting like fully on board of like this is gonna be great um but I do I fucking love 20th century woman so yes. much and uh-huh. um uh yeah, it's it, it it's uh it'll be great to uh to see another movie from uh, Mike Mills. Yeah, he made a movie last year that is uh one of the best movies of last year. I am easy to find, starring Alicia Vikander and uh featuring the music of the National, which is kind of that's kind of like a summation of his work in my opinion, so it'll be interesting to kind of see him move on from that. Like, that that feels like it might be, like, the masterpiece, even though it's, like, a 24-minute music video. Yeah. And about Come On, Come On, he's working with Robbie Ryan this time, who is a, a very good DP. He shot Marriage Story this year, which I think looks very good. He shot The Favorite, which I think looks extraordinary. He shot Meyerowitz Stories, American Honey. He he worked with he has worked with Andrea Arnold a lot. I think that's a very ex- like technical thing to be excited by. It's being put out by A twenty four, who like co produced Twentieth Century Women with Anna Perna, I believe. That sounds right. So Mike Mills is one of those guys who I'm just excited about anything he's doing. Joaquin is a guy that I'm very hot and cold on. Like some of his performances, don't like others but i think mike mills is a very good director of actors and it seems like a more gentle movie than the stuff he's joaquin has been doing recently and i like him in that mode a bit more i don't know i'm just excited it's currently shooting in a ton of places including new york new orleans that's a good stuff out there about it i will say uh he's not super gentle in the movie but it is a very gentle movie of joaquin in sisters brothers that's true. Like, he is technically, like, a cowboy assassin, <laughs> but it's, that movie's got a real heart to yeah, it. Yeah. So. Like, a lot. Yeah. Love when Joaquin has a heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Like uh, I like to see him show emotions, like happiness. <laughs> Love to see him laugh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I will going down my list, skipping over to Monkeyman. I get to Benedetta, next to which I have written. This sounds like showgirls with French nuns, which just about says it, I think. Uh, I think we're all going to go see that. We all love showgirls. We all love nuns. What? Yeah. To be, to be clear, this is um, the new movie directed by Paul Verhoeven. Yes, it is Seems Paul Verhoeven's new film. Uh, it's the same co-screenwriter as L, his last movie, uh, David Burke. I think L is really excellent. Boy, I hadn't familiarized myself with uh, David Burke's non. Uh... Was he the person who like recently like talked shit about Benedetta, saying that he was didn't he? believe? Yeah, he. I believe he put. He. I believe his take was something along the lines of, "I I made a movie about nuns, and then Paul Verhoeven made it all about like." sexy lesbian (laughs) well i guess they're probably not working together again but that certainly sounds like paul verhoeven david burke is also he wrote he's got a bunch of movies i've never heard of and then after l and before this he writes slender man and then a movie that he has written in the screenplay to that was announced but i don't think it's happening anymore because it was announced in 2017 was that saint vincent was going to direct an adaptation of the picture of dorian gray and he wrote the screenplay for that so that's david burke's career uh but yeah benedetta the sexy nun movie it stars uh virginie Efira who was the star of Sybil, which was in competition at Cannes last year, which uh, sounds like another kind of slightly trashy French movie that I haven't seen, but sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, Charlotte Rampling is also in it. I don't know if she's going to be speaking French or what. Uh, Lambert Wilson as well. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds like a lot of fun but also maybe not fun, as uh, most Paul Verhoeven movies tend to be. He's real good at that uh, sort of intermeshing between fun and not fun. Yeah, I mean, his Hollywood run of of RoboCop to Total Recall to Basic Instinct to Showgirls to... Starship Troopers, I think all those movies are fucking amazing. Yes. I really like all of them. Even the Showgirls qualifier of amazing might isn't necessarily 100% positive, but I do think it is amazing in a certain sense. And I'm excited to see him make something that deranged again. I think Kyle so, McLaughlin is cr- so good in Showgirls. I think he is like one of the best what? villains of the 90s. That's crazy. I mean, I can't really get on board for, like, Showgirls is actually good in any way. Uh, that It doesn't really uh, land for me at all. 
um, unfortunately. Uh, I, yeah, I, it, it's, it, this seems like, you know, it's Paul Verhoeven making a movie that everyone's going to talk about, yeah. which uh, does lead to interesting results, typically. So uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in on that front. Um, yeah. Yeah, and this is like a lock to play Can in May, pretty much. Uh, it was likely going to be last year, but uh, Paul Verhoeven broke his hip and uh, post-production had to be delayed. Uh, so yeah, what have you got next, Andy? Uh, I'm going to bring... Um, so uh, uh, the movie uh, that recently got a title, uh, it's uh, titled uh, Red, White, and Water. Uh, this is a movie that uh, Jennifer Lawrence is starring in um, and also ha- has uh, Brian Tyree Henry, um, Samira Wiley, uh, Stephen McKinley Henderson, one of the one of our finest, uh, Jane Howdyshell, uh, one of my personal faves, uh, and and the really exciting part is it's uh, directed by uh, Lila Neugebauer, who I, I believe that's how you say her name, uh, who has like been like a very exciting up and coming New York theater director. Uh, she's directed two shows that I have personally seen: Mary Page Marlowe, a Tracy Let's Play that played off Broadway, and the Waverly Gallery, Kenneth Lonergan play that played on Broadway. Uh, and featured uh, one of the finest performances I've ever seen in Elaine May uh, on the, in that show. Um, it's uh, it's it's dealing with like themes of like post traumatic stress. Uh, I believe um, uh, Jennifer Lawrence plays like uh, uh, a soldier who has returned uh, from war and has gotten a brain injury. Um, uh, Scott Rudin is uh, one of the lead producers on it, uh, and so that usually means like you know. Scott Rudin thinks that like you're 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 someone special usually means that you're at least going to be on the conversation uh, around things uh, and 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 I'm excited to see what Jennifer Lawrence does next. She's in a very weird spot in her yeah. career, uh, and uh, I think she's uh, making some interesting choices mm-hmm. uh, these days. Um, and I you know I th- I think it's a first time screenwriter Elizabeth Sanders. I believe it's an original screenplay. A twenty four is um is is uh, gonna distribute it. Uh, so just like a lot of like promising signs for me on that one, um, and I and I hope it's uh, it's 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 something to talk about. Yeah, this sounds really cool. I don't know much about it, but uh, yeah, I like Jennifer Lawrence. I love Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, it is. In fact, the is is Elizabeth Sanders like a playwright, or is she just someone who got kind of plucked out of nowhere because it is her only uh, no, i'm not familiar with her at all she like doesn't even have like a like a wikipedia page um so i she's yeah, not I that so. notable as, as of yet but um but i think you know it's it's something that it seems like like that people like saw the script and were like yes we want to make it which i think is typically like an exciting narrative it's a hard name to google lots of elizabeth sanders's I don't think that she is the government professor at Cornell. You never know. You never know. I don't think that she is the licensed massage therapist. I haven't seen a Jennifer Lawrence movie since Mother. Uh, There only is one movie since Mother, right? No. Uh, Red Sparrow and Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix. That is a real movie movie that exists. exists. You can't can't deny that it exists. Came out in theaters. She excelled at playing colored bird movies. Yeah, Mother. She's great in that. Maybe my favorite performance of hers. Theatrically, of course, barring the Billy and Paul show. <laughs> what was her role on the Bill and Paul show? 
I believe she was Billingvold's daughter. Yeah, just, yeah. Hmm. I thought you would have been a fan of her from that uh, My Super Sweet 16 commercial, Colin. I'm not familiar. She plays an entitled 16-year-old, I believe, in the commercial for the television series My Super Sweet 16. Yeah. So there's a commercial for My Super Sweet 16 that wasn't just footage from My Super Sweet 16? Right. Peak MTV. They were feeling themselves. <laughs> They're like, let's do a short film instead of an edited trailer. I mean, David Lynch did direct it. So. But wait, going back to the pre- uh, previous thing on Benedetta, I just wanted to double check the quote and who it was from. So apparently uh, the original writer of the film was a guy named Gerard Sotiman, who had written like some of his older movies called Turkish Delight and The Fourth Man and The Black Book. And he was the person who had, like, originally been hired to adapt it. And then he distanced himself from the project because he felt too much of the story was focused on sexuality. So So that's who it was. That's my typical note for things. (laughs) Too sexy. Make it less horny. Yeah. So again, this is a person who worked on a lot of movies with Paul Verhoeven said that this movie was too based on sexuality. So I can only begin to imagine what this film is. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, what's the threshold there? He's like, okay, you know, Black Book's fine. And again, he co-wrote Black Book. And he was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, all right, uh, back to uh, the Lila Neugebauer movie, which the name of is not stuck in my head yet. Red, White, and Water. Red, White, and Water. Not a great title. No, that probably is still not going to stick in my head. Uh, I continue to not be able to find anything out about Elizabeth Sanders. Uh, All of the articles announcing this movie just say it's written by a first-time screenwriter, uh, and that's all it says about her. Uh, But Lila Neugebauer does have one screen credit, which is that she directed an episode of the anthology HBO series Room 104, so if you're looking for a little preview at what her work might be like, uh, that would be something to check out, something that I might do since uh, that's an anthology series, so anthology by episode, so uh, pretty easy to just pick and choose what episodes you want to see. Let's see who's in that episode. No one famous, particularly. But yeah, that could be interesting. Might check that out. Colin? Alright, so... Coming off of my last pick, featuring Tom Burke, I'm going to something not featuring him, but intrinsically linked to his performance last year. Souvenir Part 2. The sequel to The Souvenir Part 1. Souvenir uh, was my favorite movie last year up until I saw Little Women, um, but it's basically tied uh, for first. Joanne Hogg uh, sort of blew up last year with Souvenir at Sundance. This one, it was, I mean, it was announced as two parts before it even played, I believe. Uh, And it's sort of just a continuation of the last one where the lead character... Uh, played by Honor Swinton Byrne, is sort of an analog of Joanna Hogg. She's, uh, in the first movie, sort of a budding filmmaker directing, I think, commercials or just uh, made-for-TV projects. And this one seems to be going further from that. It was originally announced with uh, Robert Pattinson in a supporting role. Uh, He had to leave, I think, 
just for the Batman movie, mm-hmm. um, and was replaced by Harris Dickinson and Charlie Heaton. Uh, the holdovers from the last movie, though, are Honor Swintonburn, Tilda Swinton, and Richard Ayoade, uh, who was all three of them great Isn't, in the last uh, movie. Ariana LeBed also in both of them? Yes, Ariana LeBed in it. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos mm-hmm. collaborator. Um, another one, Joe Alwyn, he's in it as well. Yeah. So it's an exciting cast, uh, and it uh, was shot last, uh, last June, so one assumes it'll be out fairly early this year. Uh, it is not at Sundance like Souvenir Part 1 was. I feel like uh, I heard a quote from uh, Johanna Hogg saying that she expected it to take a little while in post, so we might be looking at more like the end of the year. But I don't know. Can might be happy okay. to have it. Yeah. Um, it is uh, it is another A24, um, also produced by Martin Scorsese, like the mm-hmm. last film. But yeah, Souvenir Part 1 is great. Excited to see part two. More souvenir. Yeah. The Tuvenir. Yeah. Shaping up to be my favorite film <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> did, I mean, the souvenir part one does pull the baller. Like, the story continues in the souvenir part two at the end of the credits. Oh. Yeah. Honor, honor, sweat, and honor burn, sweat and burn, burn will be. return. <laughs> <laughs> it literally does say the souvenir part two in the credits of, of the well, souvenir, yeah. yeah. Tom Burke I... will not return in the souvenir part yeah. two. Spoilers. Though <laughs> 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 so, I don't Is know. There... It's a movie that's like a very about like fractured memories. So who knows? Maybe he'll be in it. Maybe Did he'll... souvenir soften in like the public eye last year, or am I crazy? Because I feel like that movie was super hot out of Sundance. Everyone talked about it, and then by the end of the year, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I get it. It's like a pretty yeah, movie. I think it's like, like not an easy movie to like. I think it's more a matter of just like uh, the critics really loved it and then audiences kind of hated it, I think. And then it just kind of, right. it didn't quite last even maybe with like some of the regional critics who would have seen it after Sundance. Yeah, I mean, it's Tom Burke. Yeah, it's an incredible performance by him. Honor Swintonburn is also very great. Um, didn't get enough, I'll say. Yeah. <laughs> Should have won Best Picture at the Globes, Best Drama. But at least we get more Tom Burke and more Souvenir yeah. this year. All right, uh, Emilio. Okay. Trying to, hmm. Weighing a couple of different things. But I think I'm just going to have to go with Tenet. Mm-hmm. The new film by... A one Mr. Christopher Nolan. It stars... Oh, they're letting him make another one, huh? Yep. He continues making movies, I hear. All of his movies, good. No further comment on that one by anyone else. Um, (laughs) He's coming back with Tenet. It seems mysterious plot-wise, as his movies often are. He enjoys... Pulling a old Nolan game over to people. Uh, it seems to be about time spies, is I guess what people are mostly taking from it. Lots of... Sh- Hell, yes! Lots of, yeah. <laughs> lots of shots reversing and going... Like, going forward and going backwards in the trailer, so it seems like there might be an element of... Messing around with time, as Nolan is also known to do. Um, has a great cast. The cast is like basically the re- reason. Like apart from me being a huge Nolan fan, I know, I know. 
like the cast is like very exciting for him it's like apart from michael kane and i guess kenneth Branagh now it seems to lack his more like well, classic collaborators so it's like stars john david washington with this exciting for me that he's working with a black actor as the lead and he seems like very lead focused he was mostly seemed like the star in the trailer and in the prologue that was released along with rise of skywalker right that's where the prologue was released. yeah it was in front of rise of skywalker i saw it robert pattinson oh. is also in it with a nolan haircut so that'll probably be a very exposition heavy character and i'm excited to see handsome robert pattinson deliver it elizabeth debicki is on it she seems to be on a boat for a lot of it let's see what that is he's known to have a dead wife or two in his movies i hope she is alive as elizabeth debicki is a very good actor Clemens Posey is good in it. Michael Caine is in it. Himesh Patel from mm. yesterday is in it. Aaron Taylor Johnson, an actor I am not a fan of, well, is in is. it. But I don't know. He'll oh, probably be good punching somebody once. <laughs> Maybe he saw Outlaw King and was like, this guy's great in this movie. <laughs> or maybe he had no idea who he was and he just gave a good <laughs> thing. Um, it's it seems to be yeah it has a it's it has reported to have a 200 million dollar budget which is like insane for an original yep. movie so you just gotta gotta be excited for that excited to see it in imax he it's edited he like he seems to be working with different collaborators even apart from acting he's still shooting with hoyt van hoytema which he mm-hmm. has been since like since interstellar after his previous collaborator went on to make films. I forget his name. I can't say it right now. Should have stayed working with Nolan, you cuck. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, he's working. He, uh, Hans Zimmer was busy doing Dune, which I don't know. Somebody might talk about later. So he is working with Ludwig Göransson, who Bad recently rules. who recently won an Oscar for Black Panther. Very good composer. Loved his work all the way back in Community and his work on God, yeah, Childish yeah. Gambino album. So. Dungeons and Dragons episode of Community. That score, man. Yep. Uh, hopefully you'll bring some of that energy to Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And it's, ed- it's edited by Jennifer Lame, who is a frequent collaborator of uh, Noah Baumbach. Very good yeah, editor. So. on uh, Manchester by the Sea as well. She seems like someone who keeps getting snubbed by the Academy, and uh, I don't know why. It's unfortunate. Well, yeah, I'm sure one could guess why. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah. Sure. Martin Donovan also in it. Yeah, Martin Donovan uh, seemed very return from what movie is he in? What Nolan? Insomnia. Oh yeah, he is good in Insomnia. He's the partner in Insomnia. Man, I'm just. Excited! I'll, I'll take en- everything that Nolan's got, and I'm excited for this one, and I'm excited for the things that are different, and I'm excited for an international movie, and I'm excited for an- any movie about spies is good, and movies about time spies are double good. And that's just science, and yeah, I don't know yeah, what to say. I mean, I'm excited for this. It sounds like a lot of fun. I feel like I. I... The worst case scenario is like Inception, which I think is like a super fun kind of a silly mess, but that's still a movie that I quite like. So 
sure this is gonna be a one might argue that it's one of the top five movies of the decade i'm sure at the very least it will be a very fun time at the theater is christopher nolan underrated as a person who exclusively fills his movies with attractive people Mm. i guess he i I don't know like you can go back a little bit like there's some breaks but i feel like cullen you gotta stop being horny for michael Caine on this podcast it's 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 not a good look the prestige the third part is the prestige (laughs) yeah yeah i mean this cast everyone in it a total hunk or a total hottie yep yep on record that is true yeah i guess inception is also a very good looking movie i guess interstellar just has chalamet in it so in retrospect gets hotter but i don't know i think christian bale's hotness is a weird thing so I guess the hottest he's ever looked is in the Was Batman. the machinist? <laughs> Vice, just, he's a thick king yeah. in Vice, so I just had to stand. All right, I would like to talk <laughs> about, well, I should say my piece okay. about Tenet, and then we can All move right, on, I'm no, sorry. Uh, oh boy. Ah, <laughs> Boo. I am not so into the films of one Christopher Nolan, I think he's kind of turned himself into a genre which i do not respond to uh i am a little unsettled that he seems to be moving back to movies where you have to care about the characters which seems like a mistake uh as opposed to uh dunkirk which i sort of responded to on like a a spectacle level um yeah i mean yeah and i the preview before um uh, rise of skywalker was was like a fine action sequence i guess um i do like the cast but i do yeah i think you know it's 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 uh, not 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 something that I'm super anticipating uh, responding to particularly. I'll watch have it enough about the times fact... for the both of us. I was gonna say, have you thought about the fact that it's a movie about time spies? <laughs> well, have yeah. you thought about that? I have thought about that, and the thing about that is, just say time spies. It would be time spies. <laughs> there you go. Moving All on. Right. <laughs> Wait, no, that's nothing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> When, when I don't like it, please don't be surprised. Okay. Maybe we'll have a big uh, Tenet spectacular where we all yell at Andy for two hours over the summer. We'll, just put, we'll just put Andy's Play. audio in reverse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, I am going to skip over a few movies that I think we might be talking about when we talk about Berlin in the next week or two, because we are starting to go long. Uh, And I'm going to talk about a movie that I guess could pop up at Berlin, but could also be saved for Cannes or the Fall, and that is David Lowry's Green Knight, which is a uh, adaptation of the kind of legend of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It stars Dev Patel as Sir Gawain, and uh, Ralph Innocent from The Witch is going to be the titular Green Knight. Um, Alicia Vikander and Joel Edgerton are also in it as Lord and Lady. Uh, Barry Keegan is playing Scavenger, so we've got some fun characters, it sounds like. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I... David Lowry is interesting because I've seen most of his movies. I've not seen Pete's Dragon, but he's made two movies that I think are, like, pretty good. 
in uh, Ain't Them Bodies Saints and The Old Man and the Gun. The Old Man and the Gun I like a little bit better. That's pretty fun. Uh, but he also made the best movie of 2017, which is A Ghost Story, which I think is just uh, stunning. I think that the narrative structure of that movie is just like, right up my alley. That's a movie that I saw twice in theaters, uh, which I don't do that often. Uh, I just love, love, love that movie, and it is so obviously the work of just, like, an artist that I will watch anything that they do. So, yeah, I'm really into that. And him doing, like, this kind of weird fantasy kind of movie, uh, that sounds like maybe, like, a, a, a place for him to sort of mix the, like, weird etherealness of uh, a ghost story with the kind of fun propulsiveness of the old man and the gun and if he could pull that off i think we're looking at uh something really special again shouts to dev patel for in this and copperfield ma managing to evan you know an actor of color an indian actor getting to play like older period parts that i assume most people would cast as white so i think that he is Doing yeah, exciting true. work that puts all the very cool. good actors. Yeah, he is really good in Lion, a movie that is fine. He is also very good in Copperfield, a movie that is fine. That I managed to catch last year at TIFF. Uh, yeah, David Lowry's great. I, I'm almost 100% with, with you on Ghost Story. I think that movie's sublime, and I think it's maybe the best examples of what I wish movies would do more as a medium. And yeah, Old Man and the Gun is pretty fun. Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see that. Barry Keegan, also a big fan, like to see him. What if it, he's not playing like a scavenger, but he's like, he's playing somebody who, he's playing like a Transformers ca character, like his name is Scavenger. What if that was it? What if that was the kind of movie it was? That would be uh, an interesting movie. Yeah, I'm also, I'm a little else. less sold on Lowry than you guys. I don't think I have, like, I like Ghost Story okay. I think there's elements of that movie that don't work. Um, and I, I really don't see what everyone sees in, like, Pete's Dragon. And I'm not really hot, so hot on Old Man and the Gun either. But, um... What? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know. He, he, he's definitely someone who's, like, I, I admire for trying to uh, do interesting things. Yeah. I'm more into this than Andy. Probably as into it as you guys. Not super sold on Ghost Story. Love Old Man of the Gun. Great cast. Can't wait. Mm -hmm. yeah. Alright, so we need one more round and then a quick speed round. Yes. Okay. okay. Yep. Um, Alright, so I... Since we're like a, f we're we're ostensibly film festivals focused, I'll pick I guess the one on my list that I think is most likely to like be at festivals, uh, which is uh, the Humans, um, which is um, uh, a movie uh, that's directed by uh, playwright Stephen Karam based on his play. It was a big uh, hit on Broadway um, uh, a, a few years ago. Uh, this is an adaptation which carries over uh, Jane Howdy Shell. Uh, who's re reprising her role, um, and also has uh, Amy Schumer, Beanie Feldstein, uh, Richard Jenkins, Stephen Young, June Squibb um, uh, in the movie. Uh, 
Um, it's about, like, a family who, uh, are coming together in, uh, downtown Manhattan to celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, in, like, a daughter's new apartment. The family has, uh, some secrets that come to bear. Um, seeing it on stage, I've seen two productions of it, um, uh, including the Broadway production and then a regional production. Um, uh, it's, uh, uh the movie is, or the play is sort of, like, a fascinating sort of, like, it starts off as, like, a fairly traditional, like, um you know, um, uh, American, like, family play, where everyone sort of is, um, uh, you know, having conversations about what it's like to be a family and whatever, uh, and you sort of just sort of have this, like, at times it starts to sort of just be an overwhelming feeling of dread come to the forefront that is, like, not, like, necessarily, like, super called attention to until, like, the play's final moments. Mm. So I think it's, like, it's a fascinating sort of exercise in, like, shifting tone very slowly across the course of a story um i think it really offers an opportunity for some really spectacular performances both the jane howdy shell part and the uh, richard jenkins mm. part uh won t- tony awards for their respective actors um uh so you get some really and en- uh, excellent showcase uh, and for jane howdy shell there. is the actor who won that tony award right that's that's correct yes she won a tony for this mm-hmm. part uh, on stage and yeah, I mean, Amy Schumer is someone who, you know, I have, I liked her television show very yeah. much. Uh, I don't know if I've ever responded to her super well in a movie, but she's definitely an interesting actor, and I, like, appreciate that she's, like, using her, like, commercial clout to, to, to lend it to mm-hmm. this movie. Um, which, uh, Stephen Car- Karam, uh, I believe he is, this is his directorial debut, um, cause he, oh, oh no, that's, uh, that's right, cause he, Yep, he wrote um, the the play Speech and Debate, uh, which there was also a uh, screen adaptation of, which uh, I do not think was well-received. I, I, I never saw it, but uh, it didn't uh, seem to go over well. And he also wrote the uh, the adaptation of, of The Seagull, that, uh, or the translation of The Seagull uh-huh. that Michael Mayer directed that was also, like, you know, mixed, mixed to negatively received. Um, there's some good performances in that movie. Um, but, uh, I, you know, he's an exciting playwright and an exciting voice. Uh, his play Sons of the Prophet is one that I really love and, like, did, like, a whole project around in college. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, how, how it translates to the screen. Yeah, I am going to be seeing the play at a local theater in April, I believe, so I'm really looking forward to that. I read Speech and Debate, and I, as a portrait of high school students it didn't totally work for me but it's got some really interesting ideas i like it uh structurally i think even in like reading stage directions he has like an interesting visual sense that i'm interested to see how that comes out as a director so i'm definitely looking forward to this and this is another a24 right i believe so yes i'm into this oh yeah he's in it that's cool Oscar for the jank man. Mm-hmm. Give me the jank. I mean, it's yeah. it's a good part. Uh, I think you know he he and he's definitely you know he's he's had uh he's had uh, attention pocked up around him in yeah, the past. He's so got uh, yeah, let's make it happen. Nominations, right? Colin. Colin, what do you have? All right. So this one, I don't know how big of a festival player it'll be, but I'm going with my heart and what I'm most excited for, uh, and it is of course. The Many Saints of Newark, the Sopranos prequel film. 
directed by Alan Taylor, who is like a HBO sort of, not gun for hire, but he does a lot of HBO shows of those like early prestige golden era. Um, and it's a prequel. I think it's 70s or 60s, just going by when Sopranos takes place and how old uh, Tony Soprano is supposed to be. Uh, there's interesting casting, which I'll get to in a second because the rest of the cast is also very stacked. You got Alessandro Nivola playing Christopher Moltisanti, who is um, Michael Imperioli in the show, uh, hi- playing his father. Uh, John Bernthal playing Tony Soprano's father. Uh, Vera Farmiga playing Tony Soprano's mother. And then in the supporting cast, you get Corey Stoll, Ray Liotta, John Majaro, Leslie Odom Jr., who are all great. Billy Magnuson, who's one of my guys. And perhaps the most interesting casting is Michael Gandolfini, uh, James Gandolfini's son, playing young uh, Tony Soprano. Um, Sopranos may be my favorite TV TV show ever, depending on the day, either that or Mad Men. Um, But yeah, going back to it in a way where uh, you're not like – because that show obviously – has a very contested ending among fans of people who like to debate what happened. So something that's just going before it, not dealing with anything, happens at the end of the show as like a movie, like um, the Breaking Bad movie last year, which I I didn't see. But I prefer this sort of prequel notion to it uh, rather than a sequel film. Uh, And I think it's going to be very cool. I like the cast a lot. Love Sopranos. Gabagool. I have sadly not seen anything of The Sopranos beyond the pilot, uh, although which I like very much. I do certainly intend to get to it someday. Um, uh, Alan Taylor, of course, director of uh, Thor The Dark World, which is a good movie. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, Yeah. Uh, And yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of interesting elements here. I'm very curious how uh, Gandolfini forward this story is, whether he's like the main character or like a background character. I can see them going either direction with that. Um, in this. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it sounds interesting, and it does sort of make me want to watch The Sopranos, which, you know, seems like a net good. So, yeah, Michael Gandolfini Gendo- is trying to build a little bit of a career for himself. He was in 10 episodes of The Deuce, it seems, so I guess he uh, had been playing around in that era period of, like, 70s, yeah. 80s, New York, kind of. And he's also in the upcoming Russo Brothers movies, Cherry? Which okay. is interesting, which I was maybe going to pick as one of the things I was intrigued by, but I'm now not going to. But uh, yeah, I'm ex- interested to see how good he is and how fo- focused and front-facing he is. I'm not the I biggest believe. Alan Taylor fan, but that this seems like the type of movie where like he directed a bunch of The Sopranos, which seems good. Yeah. And David Chase is writing it, who is like, he is the auteur behind this, and he seems like a great writer, so I... Excited to see what this is. Yep. I've also not seen The Sopranos, so I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> yeah. I'd say it's worth your time. It's a very yeah. cool and good show. Excited to see it. Interested to see it in, like, like comparison and contrast with, like, The Irishman, which obviously, like, came out this slash last year. And it's, like, similar period, like, mafia stuff. I guess Irishman is a little older and has like a bit of a different scope, but it's like, I mean, it's always a fun world to jump around in. I also have not yeah. seen The Sopranos except from the pilot, which is, I thought was pretty good, but I'm interested in this. It would be interesting to have a jumping in point that isn't 
having to watch seven seasons of a TV show. So is that all we have to say about the many saints of Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so Amelia, what's your what's your final movie? Okay, yeah, I was between Cherry and the movie that I'm going to pick, which is The Five Bloods. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with The Five Bloods. Which oh, yeah, is the you, new... got, you got a hot take about this movie. Yeah, I do. It's the new upcoming movie by Spike Lee. It has a pretty interesting cast of, like, Chadwick Boseman is in it, Paul Walter Hauser is in it, but they seem like they're maybe not the stars of it the stars of it are more character actory like Delroy Lindo Clark Peters who I'm a huge fan of Isaiah Whitlock Jr another person who I'm a huge fan of Giancarlo Esposito John Renault. so it's like it's about these four African American Vietnam veterans who have to return to Vietnam and trying to find the remains of their fallen squad leader who I believe is who Chadwick Boseman plays which is what leads me to believe he is not the star of this movie as much as like he's a supporting part of the movie mm-hmm. who is like apparently attached to some buried treasure now it's like it could go in a lot of ways like Spike Lee's like least interesting like least talked about movie is Miracle at St. Anna which is mm-hmm. his previous attempt at making a war type thing so there might be some cause for, for concern there but this seems like a more interesting like it's a more interesting take on what a war movie is and like and like maybe more fitting with what his style is and like trying to capture the african-american experience i think my hot take which andy had aforementioned is that if this movie is even a little if this movie is fine if this movie doesn't get lambasted by critics i think this movie is winning best picture at the oscars i think wow. that's I think Netflix has been making a strong push at trying to get a best Oscar win with the how white the Oscar nomination this year. You may assume that the Academy might try and honor more black focused work next year. So the Five Bloods could like jump in there and like be a big forward facing stuff thing in that. Right? It's a war thing. So it's maybe a little more in the Oscars is warehouse than like previous movie Spike Lee has made and he previous he for Black Clansman he won best adapted screenplay so it's like he got his first Oscar so I think they might be more ready to give him like the big prize and I don't know I would be excited to see that I hope the movie is good I hope the movie is more than fine I hope that it is interesting but I think it's gonna be a big awards player this year and I think it being a Netflix movie guarantees it I think this will probably be a Telluride Venice Toronto movie. It seems like yeah. that type of movie to make a big push. Yeah, that's basically what you have any thoughts on the Five Bloods? I think it sounds great. I love Spike Lee. We, one of our one of our most interesting mm-hmm. filmmakers. I think is very interesting. I love a lot yep. of this movie. I was very I was higher on Black Klansman than a lot of people. I really really <laughs> liked that movie and thought it was interesting. I'm excited to see Paul Walter Hauser in maybe a movie where he doesn't play a buffoon. So. Because I have not, I have like not been a hundred percent sold on his complete on his acting ability. Though I have not seen the Ballad of Richard right. Jewell yet, but yeah, he he seems like a guy that Spike Lee would maybe portray a little interestingly. Though he was also in Black Klansman playing yeah. a buffoon, so playing yeah, so maybe not. But he seems like a star on the rise, I guess, which is weird. Though very interesting and very fun that he is a star yeah. on the rise. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see how he gets to it. He's yeah, good in Richard Jewell. Um, I think a lot of people are praising that performance. Rightly, that movie's just sort of 
has a lot going against it <laughs> with its public uh, sort of uh, controversy with the depiction of Olivia Wilde's character and then also uh, there's just a bunch of inf- unfortunate things in the screenplay. Yeah. Jonathan Majors is also in it who has gotten some recognition this I, year for yeah, The Last Black my, Man uh, in San my, Francisco. I, my best supporting actor winner this year for uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco. So yeah, that's another exciting person for Spike to bring into his world. But again, like the stars of it seem to be Norm Lewis, who seems to be mostly a theater actor, who I'm not that familiar with. Yes, he uh, he uh, played King Triton in uh, The Little Mermaid on Broadway. In addition to several other things, he's uh, he's he's a great singer uh, and a performer who uh, I uh, once sat next to at a show, and he was very nice to me. Yes. And Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Isaiah Whitlock, where it's like three classic Spike Lee guys, three of my favorite actors, full stop. I love seeing whenever they show up in a movie. Love Clark Peters on The Wire. Love Isaiah Whitlock on The Wire. Delroy Lindo is very good in Crooklyn, one of my favorite Spike Lee movie, maybe. He plays the father. Uh, yeah, John Renault is also in it. Interesting casting. It being said in Vietnam, it's maybe... Spike Lee, a very interesting director in terms of depicting African-American and African cultures like that. But in terms of depicting other cultures, he maybe can go a little sideways. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I'm excited. I think he's matured a bit. And I'm excited to see a movie set in not America by him. All right. Jesse, what is your I am going to go... Uh, with the Apichatpong Verisethical film Memoria. Uh, this is starring Tilda Swinton, uh, and this is his first film with any, uh, particular, with any, like, big actors. A, a real big Thai director, he directed, he won the Palme d'Or at Cannes for, uh, Uncle Boon Me, who can recall his past lives. He directed Blissfully Yours, Tropical Malady. Uh, his most recent film, which weirdly got sent down to the uh, Uncertain Regards section at Cannes, was uh, Cemetery of Splendor. Uh, I've so far kind of gone backwards through his work. I saw Cemetery of Splendor at the Maryland Film Festival in 2018. 15 i believe that would have been almost a year after it premiered at Cannes, and i I was uh, nearly falling asleep for that one frankly uh but then i saw uncle boon me uh, a few years later and that one i responded to more so i think he's someone who maybe is a little bit of an acquired taste uh his previous films i think have been like very specifically thai like kind of uh, like very specifically a sort of Thai idea of spirituality sort of ingrained in them so it'll be interesting uh, this movie is set in Colombia uh, Tilda Swinton plays a woman who goes to visit her sick sister and kind of it sounds like uh, meets these like different people uh, Jean Balibar the French actress is in it as a an archaeologist, uh, Daniel Jimenez Cacho, who was the star of Lucretia Martel's Sama, is in it as well. I think he was really excellent in that. Uh, and uh, another weird detail about this movie is that Tilda Swinton's character is 
an insomniac due to weird banging noises that she cannot figure out the origin of. Uh, thanks to Little White Lies for that little detail, unearthing that. Uh, so yeah, I think this is really exciting. Uh, this is almost certainly going to be at yeah. can. It's going to be uh, distributed by Neon. I can't imagine that just based on his prior films that it will be anywhere near as accessible as Parasite, but it's cool to see Neon come on to a, a weird film like this. Yeah, I mean, Neon, Neon, I believe, like, pay, partially also paid for the production of it, so they seemed high on it from the beginning, and I guess, I don't know, maybe they're making a play that, starring Tilda Swinton, maybe he will make a slightly more accessible, fun thing, but even if it's not, it's exciting to get Neon attached to it. I believe they're also attached to put out Titan, which is the new movie by Julia DeCarno, the director of Raw, mm -hmm. which was a big right. festival hit that people liked, so... Neon has a, seems to have a couple of good movies under its belt yeah. that they could try and push. So I'm sure they'll acquire something at a at other festivals. Yep. So that, those were our five most anticipated movies of the year yeah, for each one I of us. So. Oh yes, among yeah, our, our skipped, most. I started skipping around the little list as we started getting pressed for time. Yeah. Do we want to maybe let's real quickly just like mention like two or three movies in a couple of sentences. Sure, I'll uh, start. Okay. Um, uh, I'm I, very excited for The Witches. Uh, Robert Zemeckis has been, you know, uh, mixed record would be probably too kind, but uh, uh, Anne Hathaway playing the Grand High Witch in that movie uh, has very me very intrigued. Uh, in the Heights, uh, John Chu's adaptation of the Lin-Manuel Miranda, Chiara Elgria Hudis uh, musical. Um, uh, I'm very interested to see what that, the trailer the aesthetic of it at least looks very cool. Um, and then uh, I'll say uh, the um, Let Them All Talk, uh, the new Steven Soderbergh movie that I believe is an HBO Max mm -hmm. original. Uh, it's him pa pairing up again with uh, Meryl Streep, uh, maybe trying to maybe make a good uh, not racist movie this time. Um, also, Lucas Hedges mm -hmm. is in it, so that sounds uh, exciting. I always love uh, me some Lucas Hedges. And I believe they shot it all on a boat. Uh, on like the Queen Mary or something like that, and so that has me intrigued. Uh, jumping on Andy, one of my mo more intrigued movies is Kill Switch, which is the other Steven Soderbergh movie that I believe is also going to HBO Max. Uh, not much is known about it, but I saw that the logline was that it's about like seventies gangsters in Detroit, and it has a it seems to have a decent cast. That I'm trying to look Is up. Josh real Brolin quick. in it? Am I remembering that right? Ooh, I think so. Maybe. But yeah, it seemed like him making like a crime noir movie, kind of, which I'm excited to see Soderbergh. He's good in most genres, but I'm excited to see him not make another Delandra Matt. So, you know, that seems more of a genre thing. Another one of the movies I'm more excited about is well not well I'm gonna go I'm gonna pick a couple of stuff that I'm more like curious about. There's another thing that I'm curious about is Rebecca, which is Ben Wheatley for Netflix, is remaking classic uh, Alfred Hitchcock movie Rebecca, which I am a huge fan of. I think that is my favorite Hitchcock movie. I think it's great. He's remaking it with uh, Army Hammer and Lily James. Maybe not. I guess Army Hammer is a good pick for that role. Lily James, I'm less enthused about, but I'm intrigued on what he'll do with the material. 
I think it's a beloved movie and I think it's very easy to see it going kind of wrong or boring but I think Ben Wheatley is a little bit more of an interesting director in that so I'm excited where that goes and the last one as previously mentioned I'm kind of interested about Cherry which is the Russo Brothers new movie which I was not excited about at all mostly because like the Russo Brothers like Marvel movies are like fine but it's like and it was like a crime movie and I was like kind of rolling my eyes at them attempting to like rebrand as like a grittier like crime filmmakers after making a bunch of comedy stuff though like they have origins in like making a crime movie I believe their first movie their first couple of movies were like more down to the more down in the dirt crime movies I believe they were like originally like friends and like mentored by Soderbergh so it's like at one point they seem to be more interesting filmmakers than they have panned out to be so maybe they can go back to that Tom Holland is the star of it one of the reasons I'm more excited about it, it, I became excited about it, was because I, like, dug into what the book that it's based on is, and it seems very insane. It, it was a book written by a guy who is currently in prison for the things that he did in, in the book, so I don't know. It might be extremely R-rated, which is a weird look for Tom Holland, who is the star of it. Yeah, okay. those are my picks. Colin, you got some? Uh, yeah, I can go ahead. Um, So... A few that I'll just shout out by name: uh, mm-hmm. Dune, uh, Top Gun Maverick, oh. um, the Emma remake, uh, Last Night in Soho, uh, Birds of Prey. I think all those have potential. The to Emma be remake pretty is good. the one with Anya, um, with uh, Anna Taylor Joy. Is it Anya or Anna? Okay. I believe it's yeah. Anya. I, think, I could yeah. be wrong. Yeah, with a script by uh, Eleanor Catton, who. Her novel Luminaries. Well, that's interesting, but I'll say that that trailer looks atrocious. <laughs> it looks oh, real bad. Trailer, I don't think, but still, <laughs> it looks like someone uh, so like tried to uh, do, like saw love and friendship and was like, "Oh, that's easy. I can do that." Uh-oh. <laughs> well, maybe this will be egg on my face. Well, for we'll see next month. Uh, having it, uh, or we won't see. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, so other ones mm-hmm. after Yang, the new Koganada, Deep Water, the Adrian Lyne movie. It's based on a Patricia Highsmith novel, and it's like an erotic thriller with Ben Affleck and Anna De Armas in the lead roles. Uh, sounds great. Uh, mm-hmm. Just by the like the. I'll say about after Yang, I uh, have read um, the short story that it's based on, and it is by far the best story in that collection. Uh, I'm really curious about that, especially based on the title. It sounds like he's kind of expanding on it. One that might not even come out this year, the as-of-yet-untitled mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Um, one imagines that there will be a Hong Sang Su movie. He's yeah, he's my guy got right something now. in the work. Uh, he puts out like three movies a year. Um, and then one that's kind of a Ooh. hot hand I've got, uh, the Ilya Neischuler film Nobody, who Ilya Neischuler directed Hardcore Henry. Which oh I've not seen Hardcore Henry, but this movie stars Bob oh, right. Odenkirk. So <laughs> I feel like that sort of combination is enough for me to at least be interested. If it's just a remake of Hardcore Henry starring Bob Odenkirk, I think that's going to win Best Picture. Sorry, Amelia. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah, damn it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that sounds yeah. certainly interesting. Oh, also, by the way, the Kill Switch cast was Don Cheadle, Josh Brolin, and Sebastian Stan, and also John yeah. Cena might be in it. So Yeah, all right. Um, let's see. The Coen brothers are my favorite directors. Macbeth is my favorite Shakespeare play. Uh, 
Joel Cohen on his own is directing an adaptation of Macbeth starring uh, Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. It sounds like McDormand may be kind of the driving force behind this. Uh, she played the Lady Macbeth role on stage in uh, Los Angeles, so I'm excited for that, even though I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, Undine, the new yes. uh, Christian Petzold movie. I don't like Phoenix. I absolutely adore Transit. Uh, that's probably most likely going to be at Berlin. It sounds like it's kind of like a fairy tale kind of thing. Sounds really cool. Uh, Isabella, the new Matthias Pinheiro movie. I love him. He is a he's a he like does like weird takes on Shakespeare. Uh, I love his cast that he kind of tends to work with uh, Agustina Munoz, who's the star of um, Hermia and Helena. We might talk about that a little bit more next week because it has already been announced to be at Berlin. Uh, Todd Haynes has uh, made a, or is maybe still working on, a documentary about the Velvet Underground. I love, love, love the Velvet Underground. I love, love, love Todd Haynes. I might be setting up uh, myself up a little for disappointment because I'm not a big documentary guy and like I hold Jim Jarmish in a similar uh, point of stature to Haynes and Gimme Danger, the Stooges documentary is fine. Uh, and then finally on my list I've got the new Wes Anderson movie. A bunch of people are in it. It's a Wes Anderson movie. It is not five yeah. hours long or whatever. Yeah, Unfortunately. Uh, that'll that'll almost <laughs> certainly be at Cannes, considering it's a big France movie. Uh, one more I forgot to mention: uh, Good Morning Midnight, <laughs> the new George Clooney movie. I'll defend Eyes of March till my dying day. Oh, and uh, <laughs> yes, if anyone also, ever wants to talk about the Eyes of March, please contact Cullen. He's really looking for someone else who remembers anything about that movie to talk. Yeah, about. and I'll just say as a real wild card. Um, there's another Tom Hanks movie that I'm more excited for in which is a post-apocalyptic movie and he plays a scientist who builds a robot to protect his dog after he dies and the robot he builds is Caleb Landry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Tom Hanks, he's uh, also got like a thir- he's got like a bunch of yeah, movies coming out this year I think, yeah. Hanks. Um yeah, I mean, let's let's bring it on. Like, you know, maybe if I was building a robot, it probably would not be Caleb Landry Jones, but I think that's an intriguing choice for a robot. If I'm going to throw out so, some uh, hot takes out here, then I'm going to say I like the trailer for The Woman in the Widow. <laughs> jo- Joe Wright yeah. is a good filmmaker. Fuck the haters. I'm going to watch that opening day. Co-sign. Screw, screw you, Tracy. Like, <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> so I got something maybe as the final segment. Since last week, I asked uh, what everyone's predictions for what would win at Sundance were. I've got one that is, what do all of you think I will like more of the movies I see uh, whenever it is, I think, next week, maybe a week after, between the assistant and the rhythm section? (laughs) Yeah, the assistant sounds pretty good. Yes, it seems like a you movie. Knowing nothing about it. Yeah, I mean, rhythm section is kind of like a boomer bust pick, maybe. I'll go with rhythm section. Right. I'll take that. I'll take that bet. Emilio, official guess. You said assistant. I would probably like the rhythm section more because I kind of like that trailer. Though the buzz on it is that it might be like low key mm. offensive, but the assistant seems more your thing. So I'm gonna say the assistant. All right. All right. 
So whenever I see these, I'll check back in. <laughs> Excited for that All report. Right. Well, on that note, uh, next week we will be wrapping up Sundance, which should be just about over, except for the Viggo Mortensen movie that's closing. Uh, we might also have a full Berlin lineup hey. to talk about. Uh, we haven't talked about the... Uh, the presidents of all three uh, big uh, European juries get so we've got uh, lots of lots of news to talk about next week I think and then again coming up we've got uh, we're gonna be looking back at 2019 uh, and then before we know it it'll be can our titular yep. festival on that note now that we've passed the two hour mark uh, great. Hell yeah. I, well, yeah, there's a little bit of editing happening. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Bye, Bye. everyone. Work we can. Three, two. Sorry. Yes, I think we should do that again. I'm gonna go a little quicker. I'll start at five, so we've got a real idea of the rhythm. We're clapping on one. All right. Yes. On one. Okay. Yes. Five, four, three, two.